one of these seats is broken, just not sure which one it is, I think we're right. We'll see how we go. If there's an embarrassing moment halfway through, you'll know why. Um, really good to see everyone here. Great to see. Mate, I, I'm going to say it as well. Thanks for breakfast. Actually, that was, um, was pretty good. Thank you for those people and who organised and got the, got the tongs out and the knives out and all that sort of stuff. All right, so we have been... We've been talking over the last three weeks, this is the fourth week I think it is, uh, dare to move, dare you to move. Basically what we've been talking about, if you haven't been here, we've just been uh, mentioning and going through various Bible passages and, and, and running through various ideas about, you know what, if you're a follower, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then naturally a follower will become a fisher or we talked about Jesus and we talked about the disciples being a fisher of men. Uh, and a fisher basically is someone who shares, who shares Jesus Christ with other people when we, talked, when we talked in the context of the stories of the fisher of men. So basically, if you're a follower, then, then the next step is uh, you become a fisher. And you really, you can't be a follower without eventually, or not too long after that, becoming a fisher. So we talked about, we talked about becoming a fisher and a few different things that we went on about that and last week we talked about how sometimes that can be pretty scary sometimes that we can like oh you know like what do you say and, and you know how do you actually tell someone about Jesus and 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 if you're a if you're you know not from a Christian background and you're sort of sitting here and you're a bit fresh at this sort of stuff then you might think well maybe I don't know you just, but it's, sometimes it's really hard and you're thinking oh man I don't even know much myself I don't what if someone asked me a hard question? All that sort of stuff. So we had, a bit of a, we had a bit of a chat about that. The other thing which we mentioned is the fact that Christianity is, is and the whole story about Jesus, is history. And the fact that it's history means that you can't really come up with it by yourself unless somebody tells you. Like, you don't just, you don't just know history just because, like, you thought it up yourself. Like, that's not how history works. So, so the whole message of Jesus Christ, this whole, you know, this character Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago is history. Unless somebody tells you about the history, you're never going to know. And so we're trying to build a bit of a case, I guess, particularly for those people, like I said, if you call yourself a follower, what are you going to do about it? What, what's going to happen for you? Um, like I say, it's, it, it can be pretty, pretty daunting you know, let's say, you know, quite often you, quite often you, you know, hear preachers, they'll stand up here and, and if you've been to church, if you've been around churches for a while, I'll stand up and say, you know, the first thing you should do is you should share it with your friends and you should share it with your neighbours and you should be telling, telling this whole Jesus Christ to, you know, everyone and everyone around, uh, in, you know, your workplace and all this sort of stuff. Um, but I'll tell you what normally happens. Normally what happens is it, it's really hard and you get really nervous and you, you know, and you can even talk about your experience at church, but when you go to say... You know, when you go and say, oh, you know, do you know Jesus? Like, it's sort of, there's something that sort of chokes you up. And, and potentially, some people are really good at this. Some people can naturally do it, and some people are, you know, just out there sharing their faith, and, and that's, like, all power to you. And, you know, the Spirit works like that. That's just fantastic. But for a lot of us, it's, like, really hard, and it's like, like, isn't that a bit weird? Like, just being real on, like, yeah? You're like, isn't that's like, don't I seem like a bit, bit unusual if I'm actually doing this? Like, you know, you're, you're um, a few, few guys here, tradies are out on the building site, like, do you know Jesus? Like, that's just like, like you're really going to say that? Like, it's just like, mm, how do you find the right time? And maybe we just live for Christ and maybe they'll see us in that light. Or if you're at school even, like, you're like, you know, everyone hears about Jesus in class. But like, you know, to actually say 
Jesus in the playground is like, you know, like it's, it's an awkward thing. It can be an awkward thing at times for some people, for many people. So typically this is what happens. Typically, we might get a bit revved up or you get a bit excited and you think, oh yeah, I really should be doing this and a bit convicted that I, I should be sharing Jesus Christ and so you think, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So you sort, of, you sort of work yourself up to it, you think, I'm going to share it and so you, eventually you might even say it once or twice and it didn't really work. So you're like, yeah, oh well. You give up anyway. You think, well, you know, I've, I've told, you know, I shared Jesus with a few people and they didn't really seem to make any difference in their life. So, so don't worry about it. What do I do? And so that's how, that's how often it, it, it is. There's a few exceptions. I remember I went to, um, this is sort of, I guess, a story on the side. Remember uh, Sarah and I went to, to Zimbabwe, um, I don't know, a long time ago, just after we got married. And uh, part of that, we we're actually doing street ministry. And this is something I've never seen uh, since. Uh, but what we were doing is we were actually doing some puppet stuff on the street and we're doing some you know some different things to sort of pull a crowd and while there's a crowd there we all had this team shirt on and uh, when people would sort of come up and look at the show we just sort of cruise around the, 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 the people who turned up and we just sort of, and this is a line, we sort of rehearsed this line, you know, my line was, you know, hello, my name's Neil Redmond and, or Neil, I've just come over from Australia because of my love for Jesus, I still remember the line, right, this is, this is like 20 years later, nearly, um, this is, um, I've just come over from Australia because I want to share my love for Jesus and we're offering today a free Bible study and if you'd like to sign up for these Bible studies, you can put your name down here and they'll be mailed out to you and you can do these free Bible studies and, and a lot of the time people were just like, wow, okay, and you're like, oh, all right cool like this is like this shock that like someone actually wanted to do free bible studies and they wouldn't and we were signing up like literally hundreds of people to the point where there was a few other people on the team they wouldn't even give the spiel right we were because everyone was like this is how you do it everyone like so we're all sort of practicing this little line you know my name's neil i come from australia because i love you know my love for jesus christ but people forgot that they're just going like there's literally these people just walk out on the streets these other these other people that are with us and they're just going hold up these little flyers you know little sign up thing and just go free bible study anyone a free bible study and there's crowd like literally like that's just how it was right and there's just like there's there like 20 people around going oh i've only got two pens you know like you know what do i do here never seen it again okay just saying like i've never seen it since and it probably doesn't quite quite work like that here in australia most of the time most of the time it's hard work most of the time it's like Oh, Christianity thing, you know, like everyone has these preconceived ideas about Christians, you know, what do you want from me, you know, do you want money, do you want whatever um, that's, how, that's how it rolls often for us but I want to share a story with you today, a couple of stories, two stories today the first one is, uh, is Old Testament um, it's back back in the day, 800 odd um, 8, 900 BC and the, the city of Samaria Old Testament city, the city of Samaria is under siege um, uh, and the town had the big walls around the gate, so it's an Old Testament town, like, like an old, you know, it's like, a, you can imagine this well-fortified city, it's got the gates, it's got a big stone walls, it's got all this sort of stuff, and instead of actually this, the, the enemy, the army, coming around and, and trying to belt the walls down, they thought, we'll just sit outside, won't let anyone in or out, and we'll just wait, and we'll wait, and we'll wait, and eventually they'll get so desperate... This will, be a, this will be a pushover. It'll be really easy. So that's what they did. So the, the, uh, the enemy army, they come out, they surround the, they surround the, um, they surround the city, and they sit there, the Arameans, I've got that for a minute, so it's the Arameans that come in and to the town, the city of Samaria, and they surround this city, and they, they sit there to the point where, as in 2 Kings chapter 6, to the point where there was nothing left to eat. 
they were selling off, and this is, it's recorded here in 2 Kings 6, they were selling donkeys' heads, ready, an equivalent to about a kilo of, of, uh, of silver. Right? So that's how much you'd have to pay for a donkey's head to eat. Okay, not just for an ornament or something, that was like, that's because you were real hungry. All right. Now, and the other thing which, they, which mentions here in, 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 and there's a whole heap of other stuff which is pretty, pretty foul, read it for yourself. Um, but the other thing which was really interesting was they have, it depends on what version of the Bible you read, but they're also selling dove's dung. Um, uh, what was that? Five shekels for dove's dung. Um, so you can actually go and buy a dove's dung. That's, so, so things are getting pretty desperate, okay? So you get the picture, everyone's hungry as, even cannibalism, they're eating themselves, they're all sorts of bad stuff. Now, the story, the story picks up, there's, there's four guys that have leprosy. Okay, now leprosy is skin disease, the Old Testament times, the Bible actually said this is what you're meant to do. If you had leprosy, the, the thing you had to do is actually go outside the city and you had to, you had to, you had to live... I actually see a few people reading their Bibles and go, oh, dove dung, man, they're eating dove dung. Like they, they actually turn into their Bibles, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> most anyone's ever looked up a Bible in one of my, one of my sermons. Um, these four guys with leprosy were actually living outside the city gates. And so these four guys, uh, inside is there's zero food, outside there's even less. And these guys have found themselves in a predicament where they're actually thinking, you know what, this is, this is not good. And so here's, here's, what they, here's what they decide to do. Um, and in 2 Kings, now we're going over to, ver- to chapter 7, verse 3, and we're going to throw this up on the screen. Thanks, Simo. Uh, now, there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to, the, to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine's in there, we'll die anyway. If we stay here, we're going to die. I think that looks so good. So this is what they thought. Let's, so let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, we'll die anyway. Like, so, this is, so these four guys, imagine if you're one of these guys. So these, one of these, these four guys, they're sitting in, outside the city. It's under siege. There's all these guys. They're, they're camped out, out a little way, but they just don't let anyone come and, come and go. Everyone in the city, they're about to die. They're going to die outside. So they think, well, we've got three options. Go inside, going to die. Stay out here, going to die. Go over to the Arameans, probably going to die, but... It's a maybe, all right? It's a long shot, but it's a maybe, so let's go and have a go at that. So they did. So, they, so one evening, late one afternoon, they make, the, they make the journey out, don't know how far, they make the journey out to where the Arameans were, to where this, this camp was. Um, interesting thing, at dusk, this is, um, this is verse 5, at dusk they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there. In other words, the whole, like all this, this huge army that had laid siege of this city... Gone, right? They're like, what the? Like, who are we hiding from, sort of thing? Um, verse 6 For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to each other, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled into the, uh, in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and the donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. So what had happened here is God had actually worked a miracle, okay? So there's this big army, they've surrounded this city, and basically God had made this weird sound, and it sounded like there's like a multitude of you know, soldiers and this whole army advancing towards them and think, oh, stuff, we're in trouble. Like, because obviously the uh, Israelites have hired some outside help, and so they've done a runner, and they just cleared out. In fact, they left so quickly that they left absolutely everything behind. Like, 
everything. They're, like their horses, their tents, their, everything. They just, they just, what they had, they ran and they took off, which, surprised they didn't actually ride a horse away, but I don't know how that works. But I don't know, where's logic there? Maybe they had like two each. Um, uh, so they got up and fled. Now, this is, this is the interesting part, okay? This is where the story starts getting pretty interesting. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. Okay, so here's their plan. They're going to go, well, let's surrender to the Arameans. Tell them we don't like Israel anymore anyway and maybe we'll live. And so they sneak up there and they're like, there's no one here. There's no one. So they like lift up the flap of the first tent. No, not here. And they start poking around. They start having a bit of a look around. Uh, they enter one of that. They ate and drank and carried any silver and gold and clothes and went off and hid them. So they've gone in. No one's here. They go to the first tent, probably the one on the edge of the camp. And they're thinking, Mate, well, the first thing you're going to do is, if I don't care, who, if I'm about to die, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to, there's food in there, they eat the food. And they're like, oh, at least their bellies are full. First time for a long, long time we've actually had something to eat. And so they do, they eat the food. And then they think, there's a lot, of, a lot of good things in here. So they actually collect all the goodies, all the treasures, all the things they've left behind. And went, had a bit of a look to the left and the right and thought, hmm, sneak off into the desert somewhere, dig a hole. Or whatever they did, they hid it somehow. They said, we'll come back for this later. <laughs> like, this is, um, you know, <laughs> we might be able to just not, just not just have a full belly, but we'll, we'll put away for the future as well. So they do. Pretty interesting story. They returned and entered another tent and took some, uh, some things from it and hid them, as well, hid them as well. So they've done the same. They've gone, oh, go back, still no one, grab some more gear. Interesting, off they go, hide a bit more. And they kept doing this and they went round and eventually, they get to, in verse 9 it says this, then they said to each other, this is after they've had a, this is after they've had a bit of a party, okay, they've, they've, this, is, this is after they're full, they've drunk, they've eaten, they've, you know, they've cooked stuff on the fires that were still going or whatever it is, they've flogged a whole heap of stuff, gone and taken out in the desert, buried it, hidden it, ready to come back later, and they're sort of sitting around looking at each other and they're going, hmm. Verse 9, then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. A bit of a conscious kicks in. This is, this is ready, ready for this? This is the day of good news. You get that? This is the day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go and report uh, this at once to the royal palace. So these guys, they, they go out to this camp and they realize, they didn't know where the army was. They didn't realise God had caused this, this sound of a, like an advancing army and all these people had taken off. They just turn up and there's this like empty camp. And then the more they look, the more they realise that there is no one here. And they start flogging stuff, they eat and drink, they have this like, huge party. But even though they were kicked out of the city and they had to live outside the city walls, they still had a bit of a conscience and they went, you know what, this is, this is probably not quite right. Like, we have you having a whole heap of fun, we're here just indulging, we're just gorging ourselves on both literal food as well as all this, you know, the spoils of war, all these silvers and golds and all these things of wealth. And they go, you know what, we should share this. We probably should go back to town. This is not quite right. What we should do uh, is go back to town. Um, this is the day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. 
Let's, let's put back into our dare to move stuff. What we're talking about is sharing our faith. What we're talking about is how and, and what should we do. And, and I still will you know, say that it can be pretty hard. And it's, it can be very difficult not into, um, to get out there and share your faith with Jesus Christ. And often we just go, oh, yeah, it's just like, too hard. And we, we end up giving up. Um, but what if... What if we had a partner? What in this whole exercise, we, we've talked about, you know, how we probably should do this and we probably should do that. But what if we actually... Like, what if we had a partner? What if we could actually get out there and, and, and together with other people could make it much, more, much easier? Now, I'm not talking about a partner as in... You know, some of those people who turn up to your door in twos and knock on, the, you know, knock on your door and, you know, there's, there's always two of them standing there and they sort of want you to buy something for 50 cents and, you know, a little magazine for 50 cents, you know, those sort of friends. But, like, what if we had a partner in this ministry experience? I want to go to... I'm going I'm to... We might come back to this story, but I want to go over to um, Matthew chapter 18. And in Matthew chapter 18, there's... Uh, there's an interesting story about the disciples. Now, this story was... Uh, I'll just fill you in on a little bit of the context. This is, say, Matthew. So we've gone over to the New Testament. So we've gone back to Jesus' time. This is when Jesus walked and talked and, and all that sort of stuff. And the disciples, the story starts, the disciples actually come to Jesus and they say to him, they said, uh, they said who's going to be the best? Who's going to be of most, most worth? Who's going to have the highest rank when we get to heaven? Which, which one among us is going to be the best in heaven? Which, which one among us is going to be like, you know, right next to you? And so Jesus actually begins, so this is the context where I'm going with this, stay with me. So Jesus actually said, look, basically you guys, you've missed the point. Uh, this, is, this whole experience is not about individuals, it's not about who's best. This whole, this whole kingdom of God stuff, this whole religious experience, this whole spiritual experience, should say, this whole, this whole thing is about my church, my, the body, the people. All right, so we go over to Matthew 18. Matthew 18 and verse uh, 19 and 20. And so I said, Jesus has just sort of given a bit of a serve. He, he just basically said, look, you guys are arrogant and, and you're too proud and let me tell you, that's not how it works. And then he goes on and, he, and he's talking about the body of Christ. They're talking about the people who follow him. He's talking about the group of people. Now, we often call that, and the Bible describes that as a church, but when we often think about church, we often think about, well, we come to church or we come somewhere on a, you know, on a weekend or we come, you know, like we, we think of a physical place. But, but the word church in the New Testament like this had no spiritual or religious connotations. It had no godly function. The word church simply meant group or assembly or, um, you know, a crowd. You know? so, so basically saying, no, look, it's all about my group. Jesus is saying, this whole God stuff, it's all about the group. Now, here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this whole partnership thing. Verse 19, he says, uh, I tell you, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by the Father in heaven. For, this is the big point, for where two or three come together, in my name, there I am with them. Where two or three come together, in my name, there I am with them. In other words, when you come together, when you come when you meet together, or a few people meet together, and you're on Jesus' business, you're on God' business, and you come together in my name, that's what in my name talks about. When you're doing a purpose, when you have a purpose of serving me, when there's a few of you that come together to do that, 
Jesus says, the Father will turn up. He'll turn up in a special way. When two or three are gathered, he said, when two or three are come together in my name, I'll turn up. I'll be there in a special way. And that's what he says. So basically, the answer to the question before was, like they were saying, oh, who's, who's the best here? And he said, no, no, it's not about who's the best. He's saying, it's actually about serving as a group of people. Now, to start with, we talked about the Arameans and the, and the, the Jews and, and how this whole story of how you know, this, they were under siege and they found all this just... They, they, you know, these four lepers went out and found all this stuff. They just went, wow, all this food, everything they needed, met all their needs. And we started thinking, well, wouldn't it be good if we could actually go out and share the good news? Because that's what they did. They went out, they, they came back to the city and they said, look, here's the good news. How, how do we physically, not just like, oh, let's just go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, you know, and everyone goes, yeah, whatever. But how do we physically, how do we actually share the good news? And I'd like to suggest that probably one of the easiest ways and one of the most sustainable ways in sharing the good news is actually for each of us to actually become involved in your group or your assembly of people, your church. And I guess for some of us... um, for some of us, probably, the church has, the word the church has a certain connotations. And, and I can be real honest, there's probably been many times in my life where I wouldn't want to invite people to my church. Uh, where my church was a little bit weird, right? Like it was a little bit unusual and you're thinking, man, like, if I brought someone to church, that would be like the biggest turnoff to Christianity ever. In fact, this is what we used to do. Maybe we still do. And sometimes it works and that's cool if it does. This is what we often do or often did in the past. So we have the church, right? And the church has its own sort of traditions or its own sort of way of doing things. And if you've never been to a church before, it's sort of, it's sort of weird. And I guess I'm not trying to say Refresh is better or anything like that, but I would love to think that here at Refresh, it's sort of not so weird. You know, like it's sort of, it's sort of just like casually. You just come in and you can have a cup of coffee and you can just like chill out and catch up with your friends and, and it's, a, it's an alright place. It's somewhere you'd actually say, you know what, I'd love to, in- I, I, I can invite a friend to that, no worries at all, I could feel pretty comfortable. I'd love to think that we could be like that. And if there's a few things more that we need to do to make it like that, then let's, let's get in together and do that. But sometimes our churches have been places where you're thinking, oh, it's just a little bit unusual, if I take someone along, you know. And this, and I was saying before, this is often how we do it. We'd often have... Um, this is, this is how we sort of did evangelism. This is how we did sharing Jesus with, with our community. This is what we often used to do. And, uh, and as a pastor, I guess this is sort of some of the things that was sort of, you know, taught to us. So you find a contact. This is what we call them, right? Contacts. Okay, this is a person in our community who might be just a little bit interested in Jesus Christ. It's called a contact. Okay, so uh, now, now the, the normal person, like in the pew, doesn't do much with a contact, right? It's the pastor who, t- who deals with the contact, and they go in and visit and they'll, 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 you know, and if they're interested in the Bible, they might give them some Bible studies or something like this, you know, this whole contact. And then uh, they'll report back to the church and they've got, I've got three contacts I'm working with. They never say their name, they just call them contacts. And you might laugh and, and young people, you might just go, I've never heard of that. But like, this is how, mm, okay. And then after a while, this, these contacts 
They, they begin to become interested potentially in Jesus Christ, which is awesome. That's great. You know, that's how it went. That's cool. And eventually they'd, they'd maybe give their life to Christ and even get to that point where, you know what? I really want to become a Christian. But there's another big hurdle I had to overcome. They had to somehow get that contact out of their house and bring them to church. Okay, and that's where we lost a few contacts because bringing people to church was like, oh man, like that's just still a bit weird, you know, like it's completely irrelevant and like I don't even want to be there myself and, and like, oh, you know, the, all the pastor ever wants me to do is do more things, I don't know, whatever it is. And so we would try and bring people into church like long after they've become a Christian and, and it was always a bit of a weird thing. I remember um, a few years ago I was working on a property on a farm and the guy I worked for was a, a Christian guy, committed Christian guy, uh, which was fantastic. Um, he went to church on Sunday and when I said to him that I was a Seventh-day Adventist, which means I wouldn't work on a Saturday, he just went, ah, oh, fantastic. I went, oh, why is that? He said, because you can work Sundays, I'll work Saturdays. And he thought that was just, that was just like the best thing in the world. He said, well, I've been looking for a Seventh-day Adventist to come and work for me for a long time. So I had the job, right? <laughs> just because I was a Seventh-day Adventist. He said, this is, this is, this is going to work out real well. Anyway, so I, I went and worked for him for a while. It was good. But he, he said to me once I started working, he said, oh, Neil, I'd love to come to your church. And, I'm, and the church that I went to on a Saturday, I'm just going, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> he said, no, no. I said, oh, I said, well, we'll see one day. He said, no, no, tell me, you know, if there's ever anything special on, I'd love to come. I'm going, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, you wouldn't really want to come. I said, how about I come to your church? And I did. Like, family went to his church a few times, and it was a good church. And he said, oh, I'm ready to come to your church now. I'm going, oh, I don't know about that. And eventually he did. He came to our church one time ago. And I, but before he came, I'm like, okay, now, now, Graham, look, let me tell you, uh, this is what's going to happen. I'm trying to, like, prepare him for, like, you know, like the worst, you know. And, and, and he turned up and he said, oh, that was, you know, he, he made some nice, polite comments about it and, and we all went home. Sometimes that's our experience with church. And, in fact, I'll tell you something real serious. The last time I went to that church, I think it was the last time, it might have been the second last time, might have went back one time just before he left that town. Like, I think it was maybe the last time I went to that church. There was a guy who spoke from the front, right? And he got up and he said, I just went under, went under he was preaching, right? A layman, he preached. And he said, I just went under, had an operation this week, which he did. He had a minor surgery, general anesthetic. He said, I don't know, but maybe they could have put a chip in me somewhere, you know? Like maybe I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe I've got some mark of the beast thing, you know? All these sort of things just going, what are you talking about, mate? Like, what is that? I thought, you embarrassing it's just fully embarrassing all right I just can't I can't do church like that but what if what if we had a church where you know what even if I'm not interested in Christianity even if I even if I'm not into this God stuff you know what there's nice people there and I'd love to go and have a coffee and I'd love to go and hang out even if I'm not interested in God stuff what if we had a church like that and what if we had a church where where we became the partners where you know what it's not so hard to say okay to say just, hey, how about you come Saturday morning? Yeah, we do church, but it's cool. It's like, yeah, we just hang out, we do whatever. and um, You get the picture? Rather than going, yeah, let me tell you about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like in the playground, like, you know, we need to sit down and have a good talk about Jesus. <laughs> or, hey, how about you come to church? Or refresh? Or wherever else you might want to go. Now, I'm not saying you can't talk about Jesus anywhere else. And if you've got the opportunity, then I suggest you just go for it. And you'd like, you know, if the Spirit's moving that way, then, then that's fantastic. But it's pretty hard. And my guess is not a lot of us will do that. 
But what if we made a commitment to each other where we said, you know what, let's partner with each other and let's make a church a place where, where it's, where, you know what, people who don't normally do church, they just want to come anyway, even if they're not into the God stuff. Wouldn't that be cool? But you know what it's going to take? And I see it already, and it's going to continue, it have to continue, and that is it's going to take all of us to be a part of that. And sometimes, just like these guys uh, in the story, the Aram- who were under siege by the Arameans, these Jews who were under siege, um, when, they, when they went out, when those four lepers went out, and they realised there's this, this, there's a smorgasbord in front of them, there's like, there's the sizzlers of, you know, you wouldn't believe, it's just the all-you-can-eat bar, it's just laid on, and then take whatever you want for keeps later anyway as well. And they've gone out there and they've had their bit and they've had their fill and they've gone, oh, they'd have to feel crook because their stomachs would be about, you know, this big. They haven't eaten forever. And they've gone, you know what? With this great find comes great responsibility. When I've found all this stuff in front of us, we need to go back and we need to share this because there are other people who are dying because they don't have it. same for us with our great find in Jesus Christ also comes the responsibility of sharing that with other people and there's lots of ways we can share Christ and we can live Christ we can you know it might be it might be a word or you know in the schoolyard or it might be a word at work or whatever that might be a part of it but you know what would be a really good thing if we have a group of people an assembly, a crowd, a church of people who know and love Jesus Christ, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, I'm going to be there as well. I'm going to turn up in a special way. Christ is here in a special way. Wouldn't it be cool if and when we bring someone who may not know Christ into an environment where God is definitely there? I mean, he's, he's with me, but he's, he's there in a special way. God's a bit hard to miss when you're in that environment. Wouldn't it be great to be able to, um, to, be able to bring people? Now, I'll just imagine, if you were one of those four lepers and you had your fill, you went out there, you had your fill, and you went, and you know, someone made the suggestion, you know what, we probably should go back and tell the rest. And you're sitting there going, you know what, I don't think so. Like, because if we tell the rest, then they're gonna have to, we're going to have to divide this amongst ourselves. We're going to have to share it. And, we, you know, we could live out here quite comfortably for, for, for a long time, for, forever. There's sheep out there. There's cattle out there. We can, mate, this is, mate, we're all right. Once they began, if that was what they did, you can imagine, if that's what they did, they'd get full. They'd get full again tomorrow. They'd get fat because they just laid on, get lazy, and it's all for themselves. It's all about me. Now, I'm going to say something a bit, um, a bit harsh here, and I'll try and whisper it maybe so they don't pick it up in the microphone, but if you're the sort of person who, who is happy with, like, really loves refresh, and, and you know, really come, like, comes here and it's just like, yeah, like, I love this place, it's cool, it's casual, it's like, yeah, it's really, you know, it's a neat place, but you don't really want to share it, you don't really, really want to share what's going on and you, and you don't really want to contribute in any way. You're just happy just to look at the smorgasbord that's in front of you and eat the nice breakfasts. That, you know, they just keep coming. That's fantastic. If that's you, please leave. Okay? I'll tell you why. Because if, 
if this place has too many people like that, guess what? We're going to become like any other place. We're just going to become a place where, like, there's no outward focus and it's just all about us. And it becomes the place that you probably left. Or it's going to be the place that you never really wanted to be at to start with if we have too many of those people. Now, saying that, saying that, before I offend too many people, if you've just come and you're fresh here and you're hungry, then I say to you, indulge. If this is your first time or your second time or your tenth time and you're still a new Christian, then I say, take what's at the table. And you, and you just help yourself to whatever you like. And when you grow and you're feeling strong in Christ and you're feeling like you're, you're, ready to, you're, you're fit and you're ready to fight, then I'd say, let's join the team. And let's put in to our church and make our church something that the people out there are going to come in and just go, wow. And I've, I've heard this comment a few times already um, since we started this thing. It's only been here nine months, ten months, whatever we've been going. People have come into this going, that's not a church. <laughs> you said to come to church. It's not a church. They've come to refresh and just gone that's not a church. Like, what are you doing? This is not a church. It's fantastic. I love it. I've heard it. Okay? I'm just saying, I've heard that comment. Um, I've also heard a few comments of, like numerous comments. In fact, I think I might have even just got another one today where, where um, some of our kids in our kids' divisions uh, and teens as well have, have just gone, um, parents have said or someone said that, you know, my kid just keeps pestering me that we've just got to go back to refresh. We've got to go back to clubhouse or we've got to go back to 252 because that's what we're trying to do. And we've said this before, what we really want to do is actually have, have a program where people just go, you know what, I've got to come back next week. And whether that's a primary age kid, whether that's a teen, whether that's us in here, hopefully we can create an environment that people just go, you know what, I'm going, I really want to go back to that next week. There's no like, oh, I guess it's Saturday morning, I should go to church. Like, nah, not that put in ourselves, make a difference ourselves, let's share Jesus Christ. Let's share Jesus Christ with our community, with our school and whoever else around us. Let's share Jesus Christ with people who might not yet know him. And, and even if they do, then, then maybe we can, we can, in a fresh and a vibrant way, let's share Jesus Christ. Let's, let's not sit around and, and sort of do our own thing, but let's, let's get out there and, and make a difference. If we're... If, if we do come and just look after ourselves, it, it will it'll just go, eh, it'll become a whatever. But if we can get out there and keep, um, keep doing some great things for others, then our refresh uh, will, will only grow. And it's, it's awesome to see. You know, I just, I love, I, it, this last three or four weeks, two or three weeks probably, I've had probably on three, four, probably four or five different occasions where people have just come up to us and just said, hey, I really want to get involved in. They're not sitting back on the sideline and just going, oh, don't like that. They're going, hey, do you reckon we could help out in this area? I was like, yeah. Do you reckon we can do it? Yeah, absolutely. What about, yeah, sure, let's do it. Because that's what makes us a community. That's what makes us a family when we're all putting in. Um, it's, it's a great place, I believe, church, when it's, a, when it's a living, vibrant church. It's a great place for other people to come in and find Christ. It's just, he's here. He's just here. He's amongst us all and, and, and hopefully people will, will feel that. And if, you're, if you haven't been here for a long time or if you're sort of new to this whole Christianity thing, I hope that's what you're feeling. And if it's not, come and tell me because we're not perfect. I'll tell you that right from the start. I'd love to have it, you know, this really great place. Yeah, you know what, sometimes it's not like how we want it. That's all right. 
but we're here trying to have a go at that and trying to make that possibility. And if there's a few things along the way that, that um, oh, Neil, look at that, that's, um, that's clearly not working. It's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Let's, let's be part of that. Like, come to us and be part of the solution um, to, to any issues that come up. Um, just like those Arameans who all took off and then those lepers came out and those lepers found the smorgasbord. You know what? I reckon we've found the smorgasbord. I reckon we've found something pretty good in Jesus Christ. I reckon it's worth sharing. I reckon it's worth going out of our way, making new friends. You know, we've got um, various ministries we've started up here. We've put them under a bit of an umbrella. Our community link ministries. Um, things like our Crave, our After Dark stuff. Then we have different things um, for, for families and for kids, for JC, all this sort of stuff. But all these things are really just ways in which we can meet and invest in relationships. Because there's no point inviting someone you don't know. The person you're going to have the most influence over is your friend. And so how do we actually get to know people in our community? How do we actually become close, closer friends in our community? Well, you've got to mix with them. You've got to rub shoulders. You've got to live with the community. And I would encourage all of us to actually go, all right, who else am I going to meet? How can I actually meet some more people in my community? How can I, you know, it might not be a school, it might be a workplace, but if it's a school, how can you, how can you have an impact in, the, in, the, in your guys in your class, for instance? Or how can I impact people in my school or in my workplace or wherever it is? How can I get to know extra people? How can I get to know some more mums and dads, even if you're, you know, you're a student? Or how can I, whatever it is. And then it's easy. Hey, why don't you come along? But you've got to put in. You've got to invest. When Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, he also said, the next part of that was, follow me and I will make you fisher of men. He said to those guys, it's not just about following us, it's not just about knowing who Jesus is. He said, I'm going to make, follow me and I will make you fisher, fishers of men. I'll help, I will want you to help me. That's how he works. I want you to help me get people to the kingdom. That's good news. That's a small sport. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that we have such an awesome group of people. Thank you that we've just got so much going on already. Uh, the people who are wanting to actually uh, make a difference in our community. And, and I pray that we can not only just work hard here, and that's, that's great, we're doing that, and I just affirm anyone and everyone who's doing that, but also look for ways that we can link into our community and extend our, I guess, our sphere of influence and, and meet new people, um, build more relationships with new people um, and look for structured programs as well as just that ad hoc, that just random sort of chance meeting or not so chance meeting that we might be able to encounter with other people. Like I said, whether it be someone in our year or grade or class or whether it be people we've never met before in our, in our school community and wider community. Thanks, Lord. Thanks so much that you just... You are here with us. Thanks so much that you turn up uh, week after week and that you are blessing um, your ministry and that we get to work with that. Amen.